Hello and welcome to Publishers Weekly Insider. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today's show, we're going to talk to W. Paul Coach, the publisher of Black Classics Press. But first, we're going to be joined by PW's Calvin Reed, who's here to tell us about Tanahasi Coates' publishing experience with a French independent publishing house for his book, We Were Eight Years in Power. Hello, Calvin. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Good, good. So this is a big thing for uh, especially an independent publisher. Tell us a little bit about it. It's a pretty remarkable gesture that ta Coates is doing here. Basically, since he published his National Book Award winning Between the World and Me, he really wanted to, and I should say since he's had so much success as a nonfiction writer, uh, you, know, I, you know, I did an interview with him talking about this uh, this latest effort that he's doing. He really wanted to release the French edition of the book through an independent black publisher in in France, and he he knew of one in particular from talking with his dad, and that is the very historic press called Edition Présence Africaine. And what it is is it started as a literary quarterly in 1947. Very soon it added book publishing, uh, and it was founded by a number of writers and intellectuals who were involved in nigritude, a 1930s French African critical theory that tried to put a value on black and African culture in the, in the Western diaspora. So it really was a prelude to Pan-Africanism and writers like Richard Wright and, and others, uh, James Baldwin, and even into the thinking around civil rights and the black nationalists and the black liberation movements in America. And so how did this come about with Tanahasi deciding to do this? Well, it's very interesting because one reason why he wanted to do it is that because many years ago in 1996, Walter Mosley, the best-selling novelist, uh, decided he wanted to take one of his books and publish it through an independent black press in order to help that press and help them support them uh, in their growth. And he chose Black Classic Press, the press founded by Tanahasi's father. And he published the book Gone Fishing, one of his Easy Rollins novels in 1996. He published it with Black Classic. His publisher at the time, if I'm not mistaken, was, was Norton. And But basically, he said he wanted to to, to work with an independent back plus, uh, a publisher to help them grow their business and develop as a publishing house. And Ta-Nehisi talked about the impact not only that it had on black classic press, but on his own career as a writing. So it's a really inspirational story of kind of what goes around comes around. So then Tanahasi, I, I imagine, spoke with his publisher and said, this is what I'd like to do. I mean, this is a, a, a not a very usual way of, uh, of, of publishing. No, it's not. And really, uh, as Tanahasi told me in our interview, uh, he said, look, I, you know, I went and talked with my publisher with that, uh, Chris Jackson at One World, uh, the multicultural imprint uh, at Penguin Random House. He talked with them about what he wanted to do, uh, and he talked to me about wanting to be, you know, how lucky he feels to have reached a level of success and renown that he has reached. And he realized he has the power to do exactly what uh, Walter did in 1996. He has the power now to really make an impact on both the sales and the financial and the intellectual capacity of an independent publisher, in particular working for a historic publisher like uh, Edition Présence Africaine. Great. Well, Calvin, thank you so much for talking with us. Anytime.
This is Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly, and this is PW Insider. Beyond the headlines, beyond the routine, beyond the book, I'm Chris Keneally, host of Copyright Clearance and his podcast series, Beyond the Book. And I'm Andrew Albany, Senior Writer at Publishers Weekly. Join us each Friday for a publishing news week in review podcast unlike any other. Learn all the breaking news and catch the best analysis on developments in the book trade, copyright law, and much more. You already know business as usual. Now go Beyond the Book. Listen to the free series and subscribe at beyondthebook.com. Welcome back to PW Insider. I'm Mark Rotella, and we're joined by Paul Coates, publisher of Black Classics Press and father of ta Coates, renowned writer. And Mr. Coates, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Mark. Glad to be here with you. So this is your 40th year of publishing, your publishing house, Black Classics Press. How's the road been for those 40 years? Uh, it's been challenging, challenging, but it's been a very good road, uh, Mark. You know, uh, we we came to publishing not as publishers. I came to publishing as a uh, community activist looking to create programs in the community that created jobs for people and that brought change to our community. Um, I worked with um, our, our press initially began as a prison program, uh, looking forward to bringing people out of the jails, giving them skills uh, in printing and publishing and uh, media distribution, uh, communications. That was our thing. It evolved into the publishing house over time, and it involved, evolved into a printing company over time. So those things came along later, and, and as we began, it's been challenging, but life is challenging. You know, at least I, I think it is. My, my life has been challenging. When I talk to other people, they have challenge, you know, Mark? So it's all good. <laughs> I can't think of a life worth lived that isn't challenging. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the publishing arm come about? And this was in D.C., correct? No, we were in Baltimore. We were in mm. Baltimore. I used to be with uh, the Black Panther Party. When I left the Black Panther Party, I still had a lot of people who were in jail. And a lot of people I made friends with were in jail. And I had an understanding of how incarceration rates then uh, were affecting our community. Of course, it's even worse now. But some of the best brains, I felt, some of our best intelligence uh, was held in the jail. And that was intelligence we needed out in the community. We had examples like Malcolm X. We had examples like George Jackson. These were people who had gone to jail and educated themselves with books. And so uh, myself and a couple other people uh, came up with the idea of using books um, to educate people. And then uh, our thing was to build a bookstore, build a publishing house, and eventually build a printing company that could get books into the jail and excite people and bring them back in the community in an active and meaningful way. That's how we started. And how did that work? How was that working? It Well, look, it didn't work long at all, okay? <laughs> Our initial program of getting books into jails was blocked, okay? We, we were successful in setting up a bookstore, but the initial program of getting books into jails were, was blocked. Authorities blocked it. And then we had problems once the books got into the jail, making sure they got distributed properly. So we didn't keep that 
part of the of the plan in action. We did continue to keep relations with people in the jail. We we ended up employing people in the various stages of our development, um, but we oriented ourselves more toward community programs, food distribution, medical clinics, and stuff like supporting people for medical clinics. And that was in the earliest days of the bookstore. Eventually, we dropped that also because we realized we didn't have the energy for it, and we focused on books. That's you know, and so that was through the bookstore. And then later, in 1978, um, myself and my then wife founded Black Classic Press. And the mission statement, in part, is, and I'm quoting, to extend the memory of what you believe are important books that have helped in meaningful ways to shape the black diasporic experience and our understanding of the world. How did that come about? When did that come about? And how successful have you been in achieving that? I don't know. I guess the success, Mark, to go on the back end, I guess the success has to be measured by others, Okay. Um, I'm not good at measuring that success. What I can tell you is that that statement, which is a mission and a motivation statement, a declaration of, of who we are and what we do, was probably formalized maybe 20 years ago. However, as I said, we've been doing this work for 40 years. So inside of the work that we've done, that really was our purpose, and it became distinguished in the words that we articulated about 20 years ago. But our purpose became clear. What we were doing became clear. The more we did it, it became clear. We knew that we were serving in a space and with an intention that was meant to bring books into an equation that actually changed people's lives, that changed circumstances, that raised consciousness, that raised awareness, and made men and women new men and women, you know, so that they become integral parts of building a community. And that's still what I pursue every day. I pursue it now with, I mean, it's been 40 years, so some of the people who I first encountered 40 years ago are grandfathers now, such as myself. So I'm dealing with their grandchildren, you know, and and we're still on point. So I don't know how to measure the success. I can just tell you that I've been consistent and the people who've worked with me have been very, very consistent inside of that mission. Well, as far as uh, success being rated by changing lives, it sounds like it, it has been very successful. I would say that, but I'm reluctant to measure that success. I really think that the population, um, the target population, will measure that success. And they've done it to some degree. It's just that I, honestly, Mark, I can't get caught up in um, the silver of the tongues, if you will. Sure. I I think we've got to keep going forward. You have to. I think it's in publishing, period. I I think, especially in independent publishing, I think it's a matter of people believing in what they're doing every day and committing themselves to do it and doing it then no matter what. That's what I see among uh, independent press, and that's the vitality that excites me about their work and about the work we do. Well, it seems that uh, earlier on, uh, someone saw the vitality in your publishing house, and you got a boost from a well-known writer, uh, Walter Mosley. When was that? And tell us what happened. 
Walter and I got together in 1995. It's very interesting because that same year we we brought digital printing equipment into our business. And so our business was changing um, as a publishing printing company. And then Walter comes in. Walter wanted to publish with a black company. He wanted to make sure that some black company got the experience of major uh, publishing. Because at that time, no one had that experience. No one had the experience of selling rights, foreign rights, for example. No one had the experience of selling audio rights. None of the, the, the black publishers existing at that time did. Independent black publishers, I should say, had that experience. And he wanted to make sure that happened. So we, uh, once I found he was looking for a company, I, I sent him some books and his agent some books, and they selected us. Uh, we published in 1997... Uh, a, a book by Walter, Gone Fishing, which is a prequel to his Easy Rollins series. And we sold close to 100,000 hardcover books, which was nothing to sneeze at at that time. You <laughs> it's know? nothing to sneeze at now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he was very, very, very happy. Um, he was very satisfied because we published it in a class way. Now, here's the thing. Before those books went out the door, I'm watching spreadsheets, I'm watching P&Ls, and I know we're going to be broke, okay? We're going to sell all these books and we're still going to be broke because our expenses to gear up to do that like a major publisher, the expense of doing it was going to just take take us out the back, and that's exactly what happened. So the money lasted a relatively short time, really, really short time. And then, of course, returns started coming in and things like that, which diminished further. But the money was gone. But the friendship between Walter and I endured and endures to this day. So I'm proud, very, very proud to be a big fan of Walter Mosley and a big reader of Walter Mosley and someone who, you know, holds him up. That giving, that giving of that book and the intention of giving it to a black press to get experience has just come back over and over and over in many, many ways for both of us. And with the support of Mosley, that must have raised the presence of your publishing house. It's interesting. The large impact that it had was to give the company visibility. But our, where it gave the company visibility and helped the most was with our printing program. The book printing part of our company actually ended up growing over the next five years, it grew large enough that it replaced and surpassed the revenues of the publishing part of our business. So by doing that, it gave stability to the publishing part because the printing part then began to subsidize the publishing part, and it continues to be that way today. So we've got durability, we have longevity, and a lot of it goes back to Walter Mosley in that book. Mm. And since then, you have published an anthology of Afro-American writing, which was edited by Mary Baraka, uh, sure. and then also a uh, a book called uh, Lie of Reinvention, Correcting Manning Marable's Malcolm X by Jared Ball. That was, uh, I guess, uh, it, just after 2011, it was a comment on uh, Marable's uh, the uh, Malcolm X book in 2011. Mm-hmm, that's correct. What do you see the future of Black Classic Press now? We, the, the future is is 
very much tied with the uh, I, I keep going back to the book printing because I think that really is significant for us. I think it's different, and I think it'll be a part of the legacy that we leave uh, among independent publishing. And looking at the future, uh, you know, you you talked about Walter Mosley, you two meeting about 1995, publishing this book in 1997. Uh, 20 years later, your son has gotten quite a, a bit of recognition, and he himself has decided to go with an independent publisher in France for eight years in power, the Editions Présence Africaine. Did he talk with you about that before he decided? I, I mean, uh, surely you must have, have influenced him quite a bit. Walter's example influenced him. I mean, in, influenced him because because the logic of what Walter is saying. So, we did talk about it before and he wanted to do it before this book okay but he was dissuaded because he kept being told that no publisher there were first of all there were no black publishers in France and there was no black publisher that could publish to this level well the thing that people on this side may not understand is Présence Africaine is actually the oldest black press, oldest independent black press in existence. They are celebrating their 71st year. The oldest black press that we have, independent black press, is third world press. They're celebrating their 51st year. So Présence is actually 20 years older. They navigated through a period called the Negritude Movement when there was consciousness uh, being spread by these brothers and sisters coming together and organizing a bookstore and a printing company. Similar to what we would do years later, they did it many, many years before. So Tanahasi uh taking the book to them and actually soliciting them to publish the book and giving them as much support as he can around publishing, it was an act of what he called completing the circle. It was an act similar to what Walter did, and it was extending it over across the water to a press that had given an example. That press gave an example to our publishing in this country and and to presses before we started publishing. That press gave that example. So to give the book to them and to go over and support them, and I will be going over with them, right? I'll be going over... Two more of my sons will be going over with him when that book launches, and we'll be there in support, and we'll be celebrating. I'd like to say one thing about them, okay, please, an additional thing about them. The wife of one of the original founders is still in charge of the company today. I think she's 93 years old. Her daughter runs the day-to-day operation. She's 72 years old. And then her granddaughter is the next person in line who works there every day. So you have three generations of black women running the oldest uh, independent black uh, publisher, but also running, it's probably the oldest independent black bookstore. That's fantastic history, and that's the loop that Tanahasi is looking forward to closing. Well, it sounds like a wonderful loop, uh, a wonderful circle. Mr. Coach, thank you so much for talking with us. Mark, thank you, and have a great, great day. You too. We've been talking with Paul Coates of Black Classics Press. Thank you so much for joining us. 
I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us next week for another podcast and subscribe to PW Insider on iTunes. 